Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Before I do that, the wonderful Michelle Short, I feel God has a word for you and I want to deliver it and be obedient. Otherwise, I might get struck down and I've been tossing with God, but he said, Justin, before you say anything else, do it. And so I said, okay, God, I'm going to do it. And I was just praying the other morning and I felt like God just brought you to my heart and he said, you know what, your season is now. Your season is now, you haven't missed it, it hasn't passed you, your season is now. Don't ever disregard it, don't ever wonder, don't ever waver, don't ever waver in what you believe God's called you to do because he says now's the time. You haven't missed it, it's now. And I feel like for so long the enemy has tried to bury you and push you down and bury what God has placed in you and hide you away from the purpose God has for you. And it's kind of like the struggles and the challenges and the things you've carried in life have been very visible to people, have been very much in the front. And it's like the enemy said, if I could just keep you down and keep your struggles in front of you, that's all people will see. And if all those people will see, then they will disregard the call on your life because they don't see anything other than that. But I felt like God just wanted to encourage you that even though you've been through a lot and you've been through a lot, most people won't go through what you've been through and carried. God says, the time has come now where I'm bringing a shift in your world. I'm stepping into the ring. I'm bringing my weight now into your life, and so things are going to change, and things are going to shift. And for too long, the enemy's held you down, but God said, enough's enough. Don't ever disregard what you've been through. People look at your life, and they see a strength, and they see a tenacity they don't understand, but God says, I've created you for a purpose, and I will use that strength, and I will use the courage you have, and the tenacity you have, not because you fought for your family, and God says, now I'm going to get you to fight for my family. So I just want to encourage you this morning, like a diamond in the rough, people have for too long just looked at the rough, but God is going to turn that around, and he says, now is the season in your life, I'm bringing the diamond out. Now is the season in your life where I'm going to start polishing the diamond, and I'm telling you now, I have such a sense in my spirit for you that the scales are shifting, that the tide is turning, that God says, you better hold on to me, and now is the time, if any, press into me, lay hold of me. Because I'm going, to use you. I'm going to use what you've been through. And people are going to see the call that is on your life. If you will just lay hold of me with everything, I'm telling you, the tide is turning. He wants to encourage you. He loves you. Hold on for the ride because now is the season. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Come on. Wonderful. So this morning I'm talking around purpose. And as I said, it's something that I hold very close to my heart. And the reason I hold it very close to my heart is because I think right now one of the greatest tragedies, I suppose, realities that we face as a human mankind is that we are watching generations of young men and women growing up into life without purpose. They're kind of growing up in a life and because they don't have purpose, they are running to all the wrong places to find wrong answers that are putting them on the wrong path in life, taking them down the wrong roads, amen? And if you strip away all those decisions and dysfunction and bad choices kids make and teenagers make and young people make and the consequences, what you will find at the very root of all of that are just men and women who want identity, men and women who want significance, men and women that want to know they matter, that life counts, that there's purpose in their world, amen? And so before I go too much further, I do need to give some credit for your young kids in the room, some cred to a pastor by the name of Warren. A lot of you know, many years ago, he wrote one of the best-selling all-time Christian books called The Purpose Driven Life. So a lot of what I want to say comes off the back of that book. 
Um, if you don't have it, I'll really encourage you to jump online or run into Kurong and get it. It's probably one of the best, if not best, book I've read on how to discover a life on purpose, amen, how to discover what your purpose is in life. So as we begin a new month, we're going to talk around this theme of purpose, and today I want to really talk more specifically about, well, how do I begin to identify what is my purpose, and then how do I take that and actually walk that out? How do I live that purpose God has for me? And I think it's really important to understand is that as men and women of God, born again believers, saved, redeemed through what Christ has done for us on the cross, we need to understand that we actually have an inheritance. We have access to, we have the right as sons and daughters of God to lay hold of a life that the Bible calls an abundant life, a life that is blessed, a life that is victorious, amen? John 10.10 says this, it says, we know that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly, amen? And so I suppose my question to you today is this, if Christ has come, he's done his work, he's fulfilled his ministry on this earth, he went to the cross, he died for you and I, three days later his father rose him from the dead, he ascended into heaven, finishing all the work he had done, and he left us his spirit, everything he's done for us has been completed, why is it then that so many Christians today, and I'm sure we can name a few, continue to live a life below that abundant life, continue to live a life in defeat, continue to walk through tragedy, continue to always be overcome by the enemy. You know, I know so many Christian people that live lives that is just full of defeat, full of uh, financial bankruptcy, full of divorce, full of hopelessness, and unfortunately, the list is, is unfortunately really inex- uh, inexhaustible. It just goes on and on and on. And I think really conviction for me is in today's age, in today's season, in the time that we're living, we as a church cannot bury our head in the sand and ignore that problem because it is a very real problem today. I think we as a church actually need to find courage inside of us to stand up and to begin to speak hope and to begin to speak life and to begin to speak love and and joy and truth and strength into our families here, into our own homes, into our kids' lives, into our marriages. We've actually got to start declaring as a church what God says about life, the truth that God says, because I can tell you the world will never stop telling you what it wants you to know, what it thinks is right, what it thinks is truth. But when do we as a church rise up and go, you know what, that's not right. I'm not taking that on board because this is what my God says. You and I as the body of Christ have actually been equipped and empowered to ensure that everyone that comes to know Jesus can enter into that abundant life. Not only enter in, but actually stay in abundant life. Amen? And so the first thing I really want to say is this. To set the tone for the message this morning is living a life of purpose is actually not about you. Living a life of purpose is not about you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. You know, I mentioned a few weeks ago as we talked around the idea of servanthood, that each one of us actually has a far higher calling, a far greater calling on our life than just simply existing, amen, simply living day in, day out. But you've got to understand that the purpose of your life is even far greater than your own happiness. Hello? It's far greater than just your own peace of mind or your own contentment. The purpose God has for your life will far exceed and is far more important than even family, even career, even your wildest dreams or ambitions. So if you and I really want to understand why we have been placed on this earth, we've got to go back and first understand that it all starts and begins with God. Why? Because we were created by Him and for Him. We were created by His purpose, amen, 
and for his purpose. And so I think the search for purpose has really plagued people for thousands of years, or what maybe you want to call today self-actualization or self-realization or whatever it's called. People have been looking for it for lifetimes and have never seemed to find or lay hold of an answer that satisfies. And I think the reason people cannot hold on to an answer that satisfies is because they're typically starting at the wrong starting point. That's ourselves, amen? And so we begin by asking those all too familiar self-centered questions. You know, what do I want to do with my life? What do I want to be? What are my hopes and my goals and my dreams and my ambitions for my life? Now you've got to understand there's nothing wrong with dreams and ambitions and goals, amen? They can strengthen, they can focus us, they can strengthen purpose. But my point is, if you only ever are consumed with looking inwards, if you only ever start with yourself in that pursuit, you will never really fully understand or realize what God's purpose is for your life. Because you didn't create you. And because you haven't created you, you cannot tell yourself what you were created for. Amen? Do you get what I'm saying this morning, church? You see, let me put it like this. If I handed you an invention that you'd never seen before, there's no ways you can tell me what the purpose of that invention is. That invention can't tell you what it's supposed to do. Amen? Right? The only way that you're going to find out what the purpose of that invention is, is if you go and talk to the person who made it. Hello. You go and read the manual. Hello. So I'm telling you, let me put it this way. You and I were created in God, for God, by God. And so until we understand that truth, life will never really fully make sense. Because it's only when we come to God and find ourselves in Him that we then begin to understand our origin, we begin to understand our identity, we begin to understand purpose, we begin to understand significance and even destiny going into the future, amen? And so I think sometimes what happens is, um, well, let me read you this verse, Colossians 1.16, for by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him, amen? And the good news there, church, is that we don't have to speculate or guess about what life holds for us, amen? God hasn't le actually left us in the dark when it comes to discovering what the purpose of life is. And just as I said, if you want to find out what an invention is supposed to do, ask the person that created it. Go read the manual. And so I want to suggest to you this morning, rather than speculating about what our purpose is in life, let's come to the Word of God. Let's stand on the Word of God. And let's simply ask. Let's ask. And I believe by faith, through revelation, the Holy Spirit can begin to reveal to us as we stand on His Word what our purpose is in this life. Amen? You know, I think the reason we can struggle with laying hold of this abundant life, the reason, the reason sometimes we struggle with finding purpose is because we typically start that journey in lives back to front. And the conversation sometimes goes like this. If only I could just reach that goal. Or if only I could just reach that dream. If only I could make it to that ambition, I'd kind of find God. I'd kind of find purpose. I'd find significance. Or only if I could just be a better mother or a better parent or just that bit more successful in the marketplace. Or if I could just be a bit more committed to church life, then I'll arrive. Then I'll find God. Then I'll find purpose. Then I'll find significance. But church, I want to tell you this morning, the problem with that thinking is that we begin to define our identity and who we are by our successes and achievements, amen? And so the problem is when we start to fail at what we do 
or we don't do them very well, we can start to fail or think that we're failing at who we actually are. And if we feel that we're failing at who we are as a person, we begin to lose hope. And who understands that if you do not have hope, it's very difficult to believe for a future. Amen? You know, and I feel like a lot of you maybe have heard this before, but I think this morning you're going to catch a revelation of this truth. Your identity, you know, I want to shift things around the right way this morning for you, church. And I want to tell you first and foremost that your identity is found in Christ. Who you are is not dependent on what you do. Who you are is first and foremost dependent on what Christ has already done for you. Amen? Come on. Amen. So I want to wanted to say this again because I feel like a lot of you in your Christian walk or through, through the years have heard this message, but today I feel like God's going to just let it sink in a little bit deeper. You know, Christ went to the cross for you and I in obedience. He was nailed to a tree. He died. His body was broken. He bled out, literally bled out on a tree. Three days later, his father rose him from the dead through resurrection power. Also, you, all, all because you and I, in that same resurrection power, would now be made completely whole. So that when we stand before God, I want to tell you this morning that every sin is forgiven. Every sin is covered by the blood that was shed on that cross. And so when God looks at you, he looks at you through the filter of his son Jesus. What that means is that whatever he thinks about Jesus, he now thinks about you. Whatever Jesus has done, everything that he's achieved through his death and resurrection, we now have. Every authority, every blessing, we have. Not because we've earned it but because we've received Christ into our life by faith. How phenomenal is that? Isn't that cool? And so I want to suggest that discovering your purpose in life is first discovering your identity in Christ. It's, it's discovering who you are in Christ. And the, the great thing is that we don't have to strive for success or achievement or to lay hold of God or purpose because the truth is this morning, church, that God has already done everything for you. Every good work has been done for you on the cross. Every promise has been given to you on the cross. Amen? And so we don't have to try and work harder to gain the promises of God. We simply have to receive the promises of God in Christ and then walk them out. Amen? And this is so important. This is so important. And I want to ask you this question quite simply, will you believe? Do you believe? Will you believe what God has done for you? Will you believe the work Christ has done for your life? You see, believing is not some fluffy, tingly, magical, warm feeling that we wait for before we believe. Believing is a choice that we make in life by faith to say, you know what? I know God has a plan and a future and a purpose for my life, and I'm going to stand on the word regardless of what's going on in my world with all its challenges and difficulties. I'm going to continue by deciding, by deciding by faith to stand on the word of God and I'm going to speak his promises until that plan and that purpose and that future for my life comes to pass. That is believing. And it's really important that we understand that because to understand where you're going in life, you've got to understand where you have come from. Amen? So many people in life just disengage and disconnect from their futures because of what they're carrying out from their past. Now, for some of you, your past may be really rough. Some of you, maybe you've had a pretty bad past. Maybe your past is full of dysfunction or heartache or poverty or, or whatever the case may be. But the beautiful thing about God, the Word of God says, you know what, I formed you as I formed clay on a wheel. And so what happens is in life, there's circumstances and situations where the enemy can get in front of you 
and he begins to throw stones at you. Stones of condemnation, stones of guilt, stones of accusation. And what happens is these little stones can chip away and fragment and crack the clay of life, the clay of your life, the clay of your identity, the clay of who you are. And so when God comes along to fill you with his spirit and fill you with joy and fill you with peace, it kind of just leaks out. You don't know what happens to it, but you just can't hold on to him. Life just seems to drain out all the goodness and you're just left with the bad stuff, amen? And I feel like for some of you, maybe you feel like, you know what, my life's actually pretty rough. I've got a lot of stones in the clay of my life. Maybe I've got some holes and some cracks. And so every time God tries to do something good in me or fill me with his spirit, I can't hold on to it. I just feel it leaks out. I can't hold on to him. I can't hold on to the hope that he says he is. And as I said, without hope, it's so hard to believe in a future, amen? But I believe, church, this morning, I'm here to tell you, God wants to start removing stones from your life. I believe this morning God wants to pour out afresh on you His Spirit, and like water over clay, it's going to soften you. And as you're softened, God's going to put you back on the wheel, and He's going to reform you. Amen? He's going to start filling in the cracks and filling in the holes so that you can be perfect. He's going to put you on the mantle of His shelf, and He's going to say, son and daughter, I'm looking at you, and I adore you, and I want to tell you again that you have a plan. I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I'm telling you, church, you have a hope, amen? You've got to understand that what your past has spoken over you does not dictate what your future is going to hold for you, amen? I want to say that again. What your past has spoken about you, to you, over you, does not determine what God has in your future, amen? The devil may be telling you right now, you know what? You have no value. You have no significance. What could you possibly achieve or do? Who's going to know you? What do you have to offer? But I'm telling you now, God says to praise him. Why? Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And my soul knows that very well. You know, I don't know everything about where you may have come from in your past, but I do know this. I do know this. You may be down, friend, but you're not out. You may be hard-pressed in life on every side, but you are not crushed. You might be confused, you might be perplexed, but I'm telling you this morning, you're not dismayed. You might be under persecution and things are just going wrong, but you're not in despair, amen? You may be buried under stones of condemnation and accusation, but I'm telling you now, you have not been destroyed in Jesus' name. There is hope for you this morning, amen? Come on. You know, so living a life of purpose really starts with God. It starts with God. If you want to start living out the purposes of God for your life, I want to tell you this morning, you need to start proclaiming the promises of God every day in your life. And really, my intention this morning is not to try and tell you specifically what maybe your individual purpose is right now, but I want to steer you and give you a blueprint that God has so graciously given us that if we follow it and walk it, it's going to lead us into that purpose. Amen? So come with me in your Bibles to Proverbs 3.5. A lot of us know it. It's a brilliant scripture. And it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path, amen? Now I want to premise what I'm going to say next by asking a question, who of you in your world have someone that you trust with all your heart? Genuinely, what I mean by that is you have someone in your world that right now you would trust with your kids, your finances, your help completely and utterly trust with everything. Show of hands. Who has someone in their world right now that they would do that? Wow, okay, that's pretty good. 
quite a few. Well done. Pretty impressive. Well, let me ask you another question then. You don't need to answer this. This is rhetorical, but I just want to ask it anyway to get you thinking. Why? Why is it really that you trust that person with all your heart? Why is it really that you would give that person everything or listen to whatever that person says? Can I suggest to you this? Over time, that relationship has deepened, amen? Over time, you've come to know that person so well. Over time, that person has proven themselves trustworthy. They've proven themselves faithful. And so now you have no hesitation trusting everything to that person. You, have, you value their counsel in your world. Over time, that relationship has been formed. It has been strengthened through the good and especially through the bad. Amen. I want you to stay with me on this. My point is this. Here we go. It is not your responsibility to plan out or figure out or strategize by your own understanding what it is that God has for your life. Amen. I'm going to tell you this again. God does not expect you to have it all together, to have a plan, to have a course of action, to have a 12-month program strategy. How are you going to get into what God has called you to? Amen? The only thing God asks of you and I is this, that we would trust Him. So I want to speak to anyone right now that is carrying the weight of that responsibility. You're lying awake at night, you're thinking, God, how am I going to do this? Maybe I need to do this, maybe I need to get out of this job, maybe I need to send my kids here, I've got to shift this around. I know that's not going to work, and you flip over on your pillow, and you go, well, maybe this needs to happen, oh, no, and on and on and on it goes, on and on and on it goes. I'm telling you right now, I want you to take a deep breath with me, deep breath, everyone, come on, and I want you to let it out, and as you let it out, I want you to release that burden, I want you to release that responsibility, it's not yours to carry, amen, it is not yours to carry, all God asks of you is that you would trust Him, that you would acknowledge Him in all that you do, and He will. The scripture here is saying this, trust me and I will. Trust me and I will. Trust me and I will guide you. Trust me and I will straighten your paths. Trust me and I will lead you through uncertainty. Trust me and I will open doors you can't open. Trust me. But Justin, you don't understand what I'm carrying, the significance, the weight of it. I can't just give it over. If I just let go of it, what's going to happen? God is asking you, my friend, trust me. Trust me. Well, how do I get to trust God? How do I get to know God? What am I going to do? The Word of God. The Word of God. You get this into your world, I'm telling you now, you will form a relationship so deep with God, you have no hesitation in giving Him your life. Amen? Come on. Come on. I really want you to get this inside of your church this morning. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. How crazy is that? God has seen your beginning, and He has seen your end, and He has seen your future, and He's telling you this morning, it is good. Your future is good. Every good work He's created, He's already done. I want to tell you something right now this morning. The truth is this. Every answer you need, Every breakthrough, every prayer, everything you need God to do for you, says, my son and daughter, it's already given to you. When you accepted my son Jesus, I put it into your life. Everything you need is there. It's in your future. But the kicker is this. Only God knows how to get you from where you are now into your future. Only God can take you from where you are right now into a purposeful, blessed life. And so what's the deal? 
the only way you're going to get there is if you allow yourself to be led. The only way you'll ever allow someone to lead you really is if you trust them. Amen? Come on, come on. So, why do we need to trust God? Justin, you've said trust about 4,000 times in the last minute. Why do we need to trust God? Because I'm telling you, on the way to your future, on the way to purpose, God will take you through places maybe you don't want to go. God is going to ask you to do things in your life maybe you don't want to do. Why? Why would God do that? 1 Peter 1.6 says that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. God wants you to be able to glorify His Son in everything that you do through a faith that has been tried and tested and is true because you simply say, God, I don't understand this, but I trust you. So I'm going to follow you. Wherever you go, I'm going to follow you into the valley, onto the mountain, into the fire, into the good times and the bad times. I'm going to follow you because I believe that you have me in the palm of your hand. Amen. But in all things and through all things, if you would simply trust the one who created you, who knows your purpose, he will lead you into an abundant life. Amen. Okay, so is it all right if I just take a few minutes to get practical with you this morning, church? Who likes practicality? Come on. So living a life on purpose then really speaks of what? It speaks of intentionality. A life of purpose is being, about, being intentional about what you do every day. Can I tell you this? Purpose is not waking up in the morning hoping and wishing that things will change. Hoping and wishing that things will just get better. Hoping and wishing, well, brother, we're just hoping for the best. I don't have a job, but I'm hoping for the best. I don't have anywhere to go, but I'm hoping for the best. Uh, you know, it's, it's in times of struggle, in times of challenges, in times of stress, hoping and wishing are not going to help you out. Amen? Amen. You've heard Pastor Christian say that many times before, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Let me add a little bit of poetic license to that. Going around the same mountain again and again, expecting the same results. Letting the enemy walk over you again and again, hoping and wishing for a different result is not going to get you anywhere. Amen? You see, simply believing in a God is not a get-out-of-jail-free card to walking into purpose. Amen? It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card just laying hold of the promises of God. Right now, you and I, where we sit, have everything we need in our lives, every tool, every resource, to actually begin to lay hold of the power that God has for you and I to begin to shift us and put us on the path to that purpose, amen? And I'm not talking about planning. I want you to hear me this morning. Planning is what I said before about your own ability, your own ideas, your own understanding. How am I going to make this happen, God? You've got a great purpose. Well, here it is. Let's do it my way. No, it's what I'm talking about now is preparation. You and I would prepare ourselves. If we would prepare our lives, prepare our hearts for God to move, He will come and He will move and He will pour out His Spirit. And I feel like God is saying, I want to do a new thing in the life of my people. But I need them to prepare themselves for it. I don't just happen. I come in a heart that is prepared for me. I come in a life that is expecting me to come. Amen. Isaiah 54, 2, 3 says, Enlarge the place of your tents. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And the descendants, your descendants, will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. This scripture is talking about getting yourself prepared. It's about enlarging your life, stretching out your life, doing whatever it's going to take to get a little bit bigger on the inside so God can come and encounter you afresh, 
and anew and get you off the mountain. That God can come and get you out of hoping and wishing and get you into believing because you're going to trust Him. Amen? And so I want to tell you this morning, I want to encourage you, let's prepare ourselves for God to come and say, I don't want to see the same stinking mountain again and again. God, I want something different in my life, so I'm going to do whatever it takes to prepare for you to come and pour your spirit upon me that we can go your way. Amen? How exactly do we make preparation? Well, I want to tell you this, the starting points for you and I, wherever we may be on the journey, making preparations really talks about harnessing the power of the tongue. Amen? Whew, it's getting a little quiet in here. Better hold on. Here we go. Proverbs 18:21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Here, I'm going to give you, I, this is going to sink in and it's going to blow your mind away. The tongue, your tongue, has the power right now to bring life or death into your world. That's the truth. Your tongue right now has the power to bring life and death into your world. You live your life, whether you want to agree with me or not, by the belief system that you hold in your world that is formed by the words you speak. Let me say it this way. Over time, what you say about yourself, to yourself, over yourself, forms a belief system that will sit at the very core of who you are. And those belief systems have the power and ability to influence your direction in life. Amen? I want to build on that and, and just talk a little bit more about cars. And all the men said amen. Thank Jesus for that. Who understands that whoever is sitting in the driver's seat of a car ultimately has the control and power to take that car where it wants to go, where the driver wants to go. Amen? So, understanding that, who would agree with me this morning that being intentional, remember we said we've got to be intentional in life, it is really, 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 really important about who we allow to sit in the driver's seat of our life. Because whoever is sitting in the driver's seat of your life right now will take your life, has the power and the control to take your life where it wants to go. Doesn't matter what you want, it's who's sitting in the driver's seat of your life is where you're going to end up. And it's going to get you there through the words you speak, fueled by the belief system you hold. Amen? So, what drives you? What drives you in life? We're all driven by something. Something in our lives drives us. If you're career-driven, you'll find that your life heads towards that, that seeking out constant promotion or long work weeks or massive overtime. If you're family-driven, you know, you'll find yourself spending a lot of time in prioritizing family and kids and scratching off the calendar just to do dinners and family nights and, and all that kind of good stuff. What is driving you and where is it taking you? Amen. What happens? A lot of people have said this to me in life, Justin, what happens if I feel I'm off course? What happens if I feel like my life is heading in the opposite direction I want it to be? You know, I get what you're saying about this abundant life that Christ has died for me to have with all its good stuff, but right now the life I'm living now doesn't feel like that. There's this gap, and I can't ever seem to close the gap in my life between what I'm experiencing and what God has said He's given me, amen? So how do we change direction? Well, if you don't like where your life is going, that's what we need to do, amen? We've got to change direction. Come with me to James 3, 4. It says this. It says, look also at ships. Or they, they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot slash person in the driver's seat desires. Amen. Everyone stick out your tongue. Uh, wiggle it around. Who can touch their nose with their tongue? Mm. 
Amen. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. This little thing that lives in your mouth has the power to determine the direction of your life. Amen. I want to let that sink in again. This little thing that lives in your mouth and follows you around wherever you go has the power and authority to determine the direction your life ultimately is going to take. Whoever is in the driver's seat of your life has control of your tongue. Guess what happens when you allow the enemy into the driver's seat of your life? What are the words that begin to come out of your mouth? Man, I hate my life. Man, my life sucks. Man, if I have to do one more thing that I don't want to do, I'm just going to end it. My life's in such a rut, I can never get out of it. Between you and me, that person sucks, and I can't believe what that person is doing, and can you believe what that, and I hate that person, and my kids are just hopeless, and my marriage is boring, and I'm just always persecuted, and no one loves me, and all the bad things happen to me now. You don't have to be a Christian to understand where life is going to take someone that speaks like that. Amen? Whoever is in the driver's seat will determine the direction of your life. So this morning, I want to tell you, it's time to change direction. This morning, I want to tell you that it's time to do something different. That if you want to figure out what the purpose God has for your life, then you've got to begin standing on the Word of God. You've got to start speaking life and not death into your circumstances, amen? You've got to stop agreeing with and taking on what the world is telling you you are or you can't do or what you're not, and you've got to start agreeing, well, actually, hang on, what does God say about my life? What does God say about me? Amen. I'm telling you now, if you will let the Word of God become that driving force in your life, you'll begin making God your number one priority. Knowing God's your number one priority. And when, you, when God becomes number one in your world, you begin to make room in your life for God to move. You begin to make room in your life for God to come in wherever you're at, whatever the condition, and begins turning the direction of your ship. Begins steering you towards the purpose He has for you. God is a God of the impossible, church, and I want you to understand there's nothing that you have carried from your past or you are going through now where God cannot intervene in a moment and begin to change the direction of your life. Amen? Come on. How are we doing for time? Band, I might get you up if I can. That would be phenomenal. And as we come to a close this morning, I want to just drive this home. You know, I spent a lot of time in the car driving from place to place, and so I listen to a lot of podcasts, Christian podcasts, you know, get fed that way, which is cool, and I remember one day, probably about a week ago, which was kind of crazy that I was preparing this message at the same time, we'll just call this person a Mr. Christian personality, who has a radio talk show, and he was interviewing Joyce Meyer, I'm sure most of you know who Joyce Meyer is, and I remember that this person asked Joyce Meyer this question, he said, Joyce, why is it that you have come to do what you do? Why is it that you have this platform around the world that everyone knows you, you're a household name, you've sold millions of books. Why is it that you stand on many stages of the world? What makes you so different from the everyday Christian? And I love Joyce's response, you know, there was this brief moment of silence, and then she spoke and she said, well, I don't think you really understand your own question. I was like, what? Because if you did, you would realize that in God's eyes, There is no Joyce, an everyday Christian. There is no Joyce, an everyday Christian. I am just as delivered of sin, saved, redeemed, forgiven, justified, and called as you are. She went on to say, 41 years ago, right in the middle of my Christian, Christian dysfunction, Christian uh, despair, Christian defeated living, I simply made a choice 
to say, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I decided that I would set my mind to simply and wholeheartedly believing by faith every word that God has spoken to me, about me, and over me. And for the next 41 years without fail, every morning I made spending time with Jesus my number one priority. And for the next 41 years, I simply spoke the truth of God about me, over me, and in time, here we are, in time, my life bowed the knee. In time, my life surrendered to the purpose God had for me. That Mr. Christian personality is the only difference. I choose to believe. Amen. Why don't we stand this morning, church? Thank you. You know, I just really sense in my spirit that this message was given for such a time as this. For some of you, you know, you struggle with what's happened in the past and you're carrying weights and you're carrying what people have spoken about you. And this morning, I want to tell you the truth is that what your past says about you does not determine what your future holds for you. God is more than able to redeem your life. God is more than able to give you a second chance. God is more than able to restore you the plans and the purposes He has for your life. He can guide you there. He can lead you there. But friend, you've got to be led. You've got to trust God. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you today, this morning is the time that you, like Joyce, can simply make a decision. You can simply make a choice and say, you know what, I don't care what my family says about me. I don't care what my life says about me. I don't care what my past has said about me. Today, I simply believe what God has said about me. Today, I'm making a decision by faith. Devil, you better watch out because from today on, I'm going to start proclaiming what God says to me, that I have a future, that I have a hope, that I'm blessed in Him, that no weapon formed against me will prosper, that I'm the head and not the tail. Church, I'm telling you, if you would just simply make a decision to stand by faith on the Word of God, He will lead you into a life of purpose, a life of promise, and a life of power in Jesus' name. Amen. So while we just close our eyes, I just feel this morning, I want to stand with you, church, and I want to believe. For those of you this morning that are saying, Justin, will you stand with me as I make a decision that I draw a line in the sand this morning and say, you know what, today, I'm going to follow after God. Today, I'm going to allow Jesus to lead me. I don't care what someone else is saying. I want to know what God's saying. I want to know what the Word of God is telling me. Friend, if that is you this morning, I want to pray with you. Can I ask you just to take a bit of courage in your heart? Would you come down here and just stand with me on the altar? I want to just pray with you and encourage you right now. In Jesus' name, come on down. Don't be shy. Don't be scared. I'm telling you right now, if you would take that step of faith, if you would just believe now and say, Justin, I make a decision right now that stops today. Today, I'm going to find that purpose on my life. I want to know what it is that God has for me. Come that, Come now. Come now by faith onto the altar. I'm going to pray with you, and I believe that God is going to shift something right now. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is here this morning. I can feel that He's here, and He's on the heart, knocking on the heart this morning of your life. And He's saying, come. Come stand on the front. Let me pray with you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Wonderful. Hey, you know what? I just have it on my heart as well this morning. If you don't know this person I'm talking about, Jesus, you're saying, Justin, that sounds amazing. Hey, you know what? I feel like you've identified with my, that's my life. That's my past. It's so hard. I'm struggling. 
I want to tell you now that there is a God in heaven who loves you. There is a God in heaven who sent his son to die for you, that you would have hope, that you would have peace, that you would have life. It doesn't matter what you've done. God can forgive and restore and say, my son and daughter, you have a second chance. The slate has been wiped clean. If that's you this morning, you say, just, you know what, I want to know more about this Jesus. I want to accept him into my life as my Lord and Savior and follow after him. Can you just be bold this morning and just, no one's looking around. I don't want anyone looking around. Can you just really quickly lift up your hand and say, Justin, will you just pray for me? I want to know that Jesus. Would you just pray for me this morning? If that's you, can you just lift your hand up? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Lift your hand up this morning. That would be phenomenal. I'm telling you, this is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. I promise you that. God does not let you down. God will come through for you every time. If you will give your life to Him, you don't have to have it all together, friend. You just have to say, you know what? I'm coming to God. I'm coming to God and let Him do the rest. Thank you, thank you. Can I just ask really quickly? I don't want to embarrass anyone, but I just, sir, can I pray with you? Is that all right? Just really quickly on the side. I don't want to embarrass you, but I'd love just to pray with you. That would be phenomenal. Thank you very much. I'm Justin, mate. What's your name? Troy, lovely to meet you, mate. Well done, well done. Mate, I just want to pray with you and encourage you on that decision. You know, it's such an important decision. And as I said, you don't have to have things figured out in life. It's just saying, God, you know what? I just realized that, you know what? I've done a lot of crazy things in my world, but I want a second chance in life. I believe what you've done for me on the cross, and I just want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. And if you do that, you will come into the inside of your life, and you will start guiding you. Yeah, you'll start guiding you. And I'm telling you now, there's a life, and there's a purpose, and there's a hope in that. So why don't we just, can we all just pray together? I'm just going to pray a simple salvation prayer. I want you just to pray with me. And then we've got someone that just wants to have a quick chat with you and just encourage you on what you've done so you know what it's about and go from there, amen? Awesome. Father, right now, I just pray for this man, Troy. Father, I thank you that you love him. I thank you that you have a purpose for him. I thank you that you have a life for him in you. God, and I thank you right now that you'd begin to show him that you're his hope. So right now, let's just pray this. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Father, I ask that you would forgive every sin that has ever been committed. Father, I thank you that you died for me, that you rose again. Father, I thank you that I have been made clean, that I have been made whole. Father, right now I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I commit to walking with you. In Jesus' name, I receive you. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.